jumper on the way. Good! Tyus Battle nails the three! Dungey leaps and into the end zone for Dungey. A touchdown! If that's not on every highlight show tonight, then I, I don't know who's watching. Powered for Soaring through the air! High-flying Slovakian! Screen pass here, he'll get one. And he stays alive and he's got room to the 10. One man to beat, he'll do it. Touchdown, Syracuse! And for Syracuse, party time. The upset, pulled by the Orange. They defeat Clemson 27 to 24. The penetration, step back. Oh, a pressure bucket for Tyus Battle. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Powered by Drivers Village and Hummel's Office Plus. Welcome in and welcome aboard a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation, a game day edition of Orange Nation, and a, a busy jam-packed edition of Orange Nation today. Seth Goldberg, Stephen Fonte with you on ESPN Radio up until... 2 o'clock. Join us at 315-437-7644 on the text line 2880644 and on Twitter at SethGoldberg17 at Steve Infanti NC9 and at ESPN Syracuse. So plenty to get to today. Uh, we will be joined by Adrian Autry coming up in about 15 minutes or so. We'll have today's business in the second hour as always. Uh, I think that we'll probably get to Odell Beckham Jr. in the second hour as well. Uh, But Steve, we've got to start with Syracuse basketball, and Pittsburgh pulls off uh, the upset last night against Boston College. I I don't know how much of that game you saw. Uh, Boston College didn't look terribly interested in playing uh, to me. Uh, You know, they pick goes on a 23-5 run uh, at the end of the first half and just kind of ran away with the game from there and and went and and took the game and and won it relatively easily. Uh, And now Syracuse sets up their, it sets up Syracuse's third matchup of the year with Pitt. They've beaten this team twice already. They've beaten them relatively handily both times, winning by double digits on the road and winning by nine uh, or at home and winning by nine on the road. This is a team that Syracuse is better than a team that Syracuse should just go out and beat and move on. I did happen to watch much of that game last night. Uh, it was my my lead uh, last night on on News Channel Nine just to see who Syracuse was playing. Uh, you're right, BC didn't seem all that interested. They started the game on a 7-0 run, and then Pitt just dominated just the the, the second that. half of the first half. the The final eight minutes, I think they outscored BC 25 to eight. They went on a 21 to three run uh, during that time, and, and Xavier Johnson and Trey McGowan's did a lot of the damage, uh, combining for uh, 49 points uh, between the two of them, uh, 23 and 26. Uh, they were fantastic. They have not been fantastic against Syracuse this season. And so yesterday on the show we discussed, and and I know the players and coaches will never come out and say, you know, we prefer to play this team or that team. I got to believe that the preference, the better matchup, I think, is Pittsburgh. You look at the fact that, you know, they've got BC has Kai Bowman, um, you know, they've, they've got. You know Jordan Chapman, who we know that they those two guys can light it up. First meeting, they both had 21 points against the Orange, and 
Pittsburgh has a dynamic, you know, backcourt as well with with McGowan's and and Xavier Johnson. But you you look at what those guys have done against Syracuse in the two games against SU. McGowan's has a combined ten points. He went two for thirteen in the first game. You remember he left that game for a little bit uh, after taking a shot to the face, but he, he still played thirty minutes. Went two for thirteen from the field, two for nine from three point range. Finished with seven points. And then in the, in the second game at the Peterson Event Center, he was zero for five from the field. Finished with three points. And Xavier Johnson, although you know he scored double figures in both games, went 17 points in the in the first game, 14 in the second game. He was two for 11 from the field in the second game. Did a lot of his damage from the free throw line. The point is, is that neither one of those games were really all that close. And Syracuse did a great job shutting down the two guys that you have to stop uh, for Pittsburgh, in, in particular. Trey McGowan's, who who had a great game last night. So I think this is the better matchup. I know the team will never come out and say it, and it's always dangerous. You know, be careful what you wish for. But I, I think they have the better matchup going into tonight's game. Absolutely agree. Uh, this is the team that you wanted to play because it doesn't have Kai Bowman on it, who's an all-ACC player. Uh, you know, we, we talked about this yesterday with Kai Bowman. He's so good. He He's top 10 in the in the league in scoring, assisting, and rebounding. He's just so good. So you don't want to have to play him. Jordan Chapman's another great shooter. You don't want to have to worry about him. And we saw both of those guys have pretty good games against Syracuse. Yes, the Orange beat Pitt Boston College twice and, and won those games relatively comfortably, but not nearly as comfortably as they beat Pittsburgh in those two games. And so... When you look at McGowan's and Johnson, as you pointed out, Syracuse has handled them very well, and Syracuse has taken taking care of business there. Uh, you know, McGowan's in particular hasn't been able to do much of anything against the zone. This is the matchup you wanted if you're Syracuse, uh, namely because Pitt's not as good as Boston College, but also because you just match up better against them. Um, and you know, like I said off the top, Steve, it feels like this is just very much a hey, just. Go go win this game. You you're you're playing a team that you're clearly better than. You've beaten them twice. You've comfortably beaten them twice. Just go do it again a third time. One other thing about th- this this matchup and preferring Pittsburgh over BC. I know the final scores indicate that you know they they won all those games comfortably. They were four and zero against Pitt and BC this year. Let's not forget that first game in Chestnut Hill. Syracuse shot almost fifty six percent from the floor and won by six. I mean, they shot, I've got the stats right in front of me, shot 63% in the first half, 48% in the second half, and they won 77-71. So, you know, BC is one of those teams, they're not good, but they are good enough that on a given day, if those two guys get hot, Bowman and Chapman, um, you know, they could make it interesting. They didn't make it interesting last night. They didn't seem like they wanted to play. But I, I think, again, I'll stand by this. I think Pittsburgh is the much better matchup for Syracuse. They've shown their ability to slow down McGowan's and, and Xavier Johnson to, to some degree as well. Um, and, and so I think this is the matchup you want. You take care of business tonight, and then you look ahead to Duke. I feel the I feel like the other half of this is is a really interesting aspect that we get every time this year. There's always a team that just doesn't care, right? There's there's always a team that just wants nothing to do with this. Boston College looked like they wanted nothing to do with that game last night. I remember a couple of years ago the the Dennis Smith Jr. NC State team with Mark Gottfried uh, right before they fired him or, or after they fired him wanted nothing to do with that tournament. Like there's always one of those teams. Uh, How about the Dana Holgerson West Genesee yeah, or uh, West, 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 Virginia, West Virginia Mountaineers? Yes, the, uh, exa- exactly. The, there's the always game. there's always a team or two in postseason play, football and basketball that you can just pick out right away, and you're like, oh, they don't want to be here. And so it's really interesting to me to watch that and figure out which team it is. Like, to an extent, Georgia Tech yesterday, you know, to an extent, Notre Dame just throttled them. Uh, Notre Dame's awful. And and I know Georgia Tech's not good either, but they're not, 
you know, they're not that bad that they were to get throttled by a Notre Dame. But team you do that's see that, that this time of year where there are teams that they know Just they're not going care. to the tournament unless they, you know, run the table, which Georgia Tech's not running the table, BC's not running the table. And there are teams that quit on their coaches or, you know, they just they want the season to be over. And I right. think we saw that out of Boston College last night. They were down by twenty seven in the second half. It's unbelievable. To Pittsburgh. Like Pittsburgh, fine. I mean, they're they're about even. You know, the Vegas line yesterday was a pick'em. Uh, they should not be down by 27. No, ex- right, and that's my point. And the same with and the same with Georgia Tech against Notre Dame. Notre Dame led by something like 20 points in the second half of that game. Like that just shouldn't happen, you know. And and so, uh, you know, we, you know, we can we can laugh about it, but it is kind of one of the funny things to watch in these conference tournaments. Like it's pretty easy to pick out teams that just don't have interest, but it circles back to an in, a, a bigger idea. What happened in you know the the two examples of of specific teams we brought up Dana Holgerson and and that West Virginia team and Mark Gottfried at NC State Mark Gottfried had already been fired and Dana Holgerson was three days away from leaving like is is this a situation maybe where Boston College's coach is like on the outs and he's won eighteen conference games over five years and like that's just not going to get the job done well and and you say thanks for your service but like look at what you did last night yeah and and some of it could be the future of the coach some of it could just be the dynamic in the locker room between the the players and 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 the coaches um it could just be a fact of you know I, I don't like playing for you and and I'm not you know the 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 teams that that go on a Cinderella run in March so often it's because the players are playing for the coach and the coach is getting through to the players so if if a team comes out and they look disinterested that really in my opinion goes back to coaching yeah. it goes back to that coach's ability to get through to his players to motivate his players and you know, in, in so, the case of last night, you're right. It looked like BC just didn't want to play for Jim well, Christian. And so there's a reason I bring that up because circling back to tonight in Syracuse and Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh with with uh, Capel, Jason Capel, uh, Jeff Capel. Jeff Capel. I, yeah. I, I always mix the two of them up. Jeff Capel. They're both on the coaching staff, so it doesn't matter. You just say Capel. Uh, but with Jeff Capel uh, at the helm there, They've see, they've seemingly turned a corner, and they've won three conference games this year uh, after not winning any last year, and they are significantly better than they were last season, or it certainly looks like they're significantly better. They're a team that wants to play for them, and I think that that's the important thing. Yeah, Boston College had no interest in playing for Jim Christian, and Wake and West Virginia didn't want to play uh, for for that Dana Holgerson coach team, uh, you know, and staff. And Mark Gottfried was already on their way out, so Dennis Smith Jr. had no had no you know benefit to to playing hard for that coach. Capel is there for the long haul. He's already turned that around to some. Uh, you know, to some extent. So you're telling like, me you're going like, to get a motivated team, right? Tonight. Like I, I think that there's this is a team that like actually cares about what they're doing at this point at this point in the season. They're young. They're playing for a coach that they seemingly like that has come in and changed the culture there in in less than a year. It seems like this is a guy that they actually like and actually want to get you know win a game or two. For. That's a fair point. Um, so are you saying that you would prefer to play BC because they don't no, care? No, no, okay. I don't right. because I because I think sure. I think that BC is still so much more talented that I'd rather play. Yeah. I'd rather play this Pittsburgh team. Yeah, because if BC won that game last night, then they would have the momentum of winning a game and you know getting ready to to take on Syracuse. And, and they, I mean, they would get up for that game. And like we've talked about, like you know, Kai Bowman could go and and shoot seventy percent from three, and and all of a sudden, you know, he's had a bunch of games this year, right. thirty and over. So right, you know, I mean, if he, he goes can, for thirty-two, you know, and, exactly. and Chapman goes for twenty, then you know, you might be in a little bit of trouble. Exactly, and and you don't want to get put in that position. So I didn't want to, I, you know, if, if I was Syracuse, I didn't want to. 
Like, I, I didn't want to worry about that. Like, I, I don't want to worry about having to guard those two. I'd much rather take my chances with a mo- with a motivated pit team because there's still Pittsburgh, who yeah. we saw this whole season. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think this is the much better matchup. Um, and again, the, the players and coaches will never say we have a preference, but I think this is the preference. I think they got the, the ideal scenario, which was, you know, they get Pittsburgh tonight, um, fully expect them to take care of business in this game. And then you roll the dice tomorrow and you, you take the court with very little pressure. You play loose. Everybody's expecting Duke to, to win this tournament. Um, I know you picked them. I think they're the best team, you know, not only in the league, but in the country. Um, and, and so you, you take the court tomorrow night, you're loose and, and you just see what happens. Uh, meanwhile, Clemson has opened up a 7-0 run and a 9-point lead over NC State in what is uh, seemingly a play-in game uh, for for these two teams as far as the NCAA tournament goes. Uh, but, Steve, getting to Syracuse and, and the SU aspect of this, we've talked a lot about, about Pittsburgh and the, and the opponent and, and who they'd rather play. Who do you look at as the biggest key for this game tonight? Because there's a lot that went wrong on Saturday, and Elijah Hughes only played 11 minutes because Syracuse went big, and and he never got into a flow of a game. Uh, You know, Tyus Battle hasn't been playing well the last two games. He shot 8 for 30 over his last two games, and that's just not going to get the job done. Who's the biggest key for you as, as you move into tonight's game? Biggest key for tonight's game or just for the postseason in general? Because, I, I you know, if you're asking me about tonight, I think you know they could get a subpar effort from a Tyus Battle, and they, they could still win this game and, and advance. Um, in order to make a run this postseason, they're going to need Tyus Battle to be Tyus Battle. So, if you're asking me for you know the key for this team as the postseason begins, I think it starts with your best player. Now, with, with that being said, going back to what happened over the weekend, Elijah Hughes played 11 minutes and did not score. And he's been very up and down this year, right? I mean, he's gone on these stretches where he has six, seven, eight games in double where figures. He's great. And then he has these other stretches where, you know, he disappears and, uh, again, you know, only took two shots uh, on Saturday and, and um, you know, did not score in 11 minutes of action. They're going to, you know, they can't win with Tyus alone, I guess is my point. Uh, we know that. They need, first and foremost, Tyus Battle to be the best player on this team, but he needs help. And, you know, who's that help going to come from? Now, he's got a lot of possibilities, right? I mean, O'Shea Brissett finally, you know, kind of kicked his game into high gear over the weekend. I thought he played really well against Clemson. Are they going to get that kind of effort? You know, Elijah Hughes. Uh, Frank Howard, Buddy Bayham. I mean, they they have options. They don't need all those guys to play well on the same night, but I think they need battle and they need a couple guys to step up. So I'm looking for Elijah Hughes to have a bounce back game tonight. So I guess a long winded answer to a short question is I'd like to see Elijah bounce back after he did not play well against Clemson. Yeah, I, I think that he's really important. I, I think to your point about the the NCAA tournament run, they need Tyus Battle to be Tyus Battle, like you said. If he can if he can play well, if he can perform well. Uh, they're going to go pretty far. You know, he there, there are certain players and certain guards who are able to make things happen in the NCAA tournament and in the postseason. We've seen that time and time again. And I do think that Tyus Battle has that ability. I, I really do. Is he Kemba Walker? Is he going to be able to put a team on his back and go uh, and win a conference tournament and an NCAA tournament in, in, you know, in order? I don't know necessarily. But do I think he can get them to the second weekend by just putting the team on his back? Absolutely, we saw it. Like, like to an extent, that's what happened last year, right? He put he put that team on the back on his back, and he won. And and when push came to shove, he won the Arizona State game, he won the TCU game, and he won the Michigan State game. He won so, the Duke game at Duke this year. Right. He won the Georgetown game in the second exactly. half. Exactly. I mean, we've seen him do it. Can he do it? You know, it's unreasonable, I think, to ask anybody to do it. You know, ten games in a ten row, in a or row. to do what you know Jerry did four games and four nights, or the it's Kemba crazy. Walker example. I mean that. 
that takes a, a special, special player. Tyus Battle is a special player. We've seen him, you know, we've seen him do it time and time again. Um, you know, can he do it four nights in a row, three nights in a row? I, that remains to be seen. Um, but you know, we we certainly know he has it in him to put the team on his back. Exactly. Like I, I certainly think that he can. So yes, to your point. In an NCAA tournament run, he's got to get right. Uh, in the two games prior to Virginia and Clemson, when he went 8 of 30 from the field, he went 16 of 30 from the field. That's over 50% on high volume over two games. Like, that's an incredible number to put up. Uh, you know, he, he scored f- uh, 50 points in those two games. So when you look at what he can do in, in you know, sample sizes and bursts, he can do some crazy things, and so I think that if you're if you're looking for somebody who's going to fuel a run, that's your guy. Tonight feels like a game where everybody's just got to get right. Like, hey, Pascal Chukwu, play a nice game. Uh, Elijah Hughes, give me 12 to 14 points. Like, just everybody do your thing and, and move on. Yeah, and that's why I said I don't think they need 25 out of Tyus to win this game tonight. Um, but yeah, I think you would you would like to to get some confidence uh, tonight, especially for the guys who have been struggling of late, and and just try to you know build some momentum going into the Duke game. I don't expect them to beat Duke, but this is their last opportunity to get in some games before the NCAA tournament. So yeah, I think it's it's important tonight that you know a guy like Elijah Hughes in particular. I go back to him. You don't want to go into the NCAA tournament with a with a bad taste in your mouth. You know, no points in the regular season finale, and if he were to not play well, let's say tonight and tomorrow. You don't want him to go into the NCAA tournament with a bad taste in his mouth because he is a, he's an important player on this team. They need him to step up. It, it's it's going to take it's going to take more than just Tyus Battle to make a run. They're going to have to have Tyus Battle being the best player on the team. They're going to need to play defense like they did last year, and they're going to need other guys to step up because Frank hasn't been Frank. O'Shea hasn't been O'Shea at times. Um, so they need you know three four guys to play well, and Elijah Hughes is a key piece to them. To the puzzle. Why don't we take a time out here? We'll hear from Adrian Autry when we come back on Orange Nation. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. And we are brought to you by the Bill Rap Superstore at the corner of Thompson and Burnett in Syracuse or online at BillRap.com. Seth Goldberg, Stephen Fonte with you here on Orange Nation. Why don't we we remind you here also, you can fill out your bracket with us. You can join the ESPN Syracuse Bracket Challenge uh, now on on ESPNSyracuse.com. Go right to the homepage. You'll see it there. Just click the link and uh, register to fill out your bracket. Obviously, you can't fill it out until Sunday. Uh, You have a chance to win a basketball hoop, kiss tickets, and more. All you have to do is head to ESPNSyracuse.com now and fill out. Uh, to fill out your bracket, and you could register uh, anytime leading up to Sunday. Make your picks anytime leading up to next Thursday at noon. Uh, Steve, you put out a question on Twitter earlier, and and uh, before we get to that, I, I just looked up and Clemson's winning thirty six to eighteen with seven minutes left in the first half. This is incredible. This is a case of this might be this might sound harsh, um, but I think it's accurate. I think NC State's a fraud. I do. I, you know, you look at the fact, and you pointed this out yesterday, that the second easiest strength of schedule in the country, um, you know, going back to the non-conference schedule, obviously the ACC schedule is tough, but they went 9-9 nine and nine in the ACC. They still went 9-9. Nine and nine. You could make the case. Again, look at their wins. Their best win is Syracuse. probably Syracuse. Their best win is probably Syracuse. Um, and, that you know, that was a home game. A- NC State's a fraud. They have 21 wins. They are not a 21-win team. If Syracuse I mean, played NC State's schedule, out. that's my point, is that they are a fraud. This And to me, this is an indication that they're a fraud. 
All right, that's fair enough. I'll take that. That, that, I think that seems fair. Uh, then what? what's that say about the Syracuse team that went, they went well, down there and got blown but, out? But again, I mean, there are going to be days, and, and we've seen it in this conference, where, you know, everybody has an off day here and there. And Syracuse have been so good on the road, uh, they didn't play well that day. And, and Braxton Beverly went off. And, you know, we saw it when they went down to play Virginia Tech. You know, Justin Robinson went off. It was it was one of those games um, that, you know, just kind of snowballed and, and got out of hand. Obviously not SU's finest hour, but I still think SU's a better team than NC State. I said it going into that game, I thought SU was a better team than NC State, and I certainly feel the same way today. I just, I, I think NC State is a fraud, and, and their record is a byproduct of their they're very easy non-conference schedule, yeah, and they frankly, went 12, they went twelve and one in the non-conference. And frankly, a bunch of bad they had an easier ACC schedule than some. Again, when you look at you know who they, and I don't have it in front of me, but the the teams they played twice. I want to say they played, you know, and I know Syracuse played Pitt and BC twice as well. Um, but <laughs> right, Syracuse gets two teams at the again, bottom of the league. Do you twice. have their, do you have their schedule? Uh, they play Carolina R- twice. Rattle off their wins though: uh, Miami, Pittsburgh, Notre Dame, Clemson. Pittsburgh, Syracuse, Boston College, Wake Forest, Boston College. Yeah, okay. Their best win was Syracuse. <laughs> yes, their best win was Syracuse. And they beat Clemson 69-67. to That was a buzzer beater. That's right. You're right. So, there you go on that one. They're fraud. Uh, is, that too, is that too aggressive? I mean, Clemson's also shooting 60% in this game. Is that too aggressive to say they're a fraud? Uh, no, I don't think so. Because I, I don't know that they are, like, I don't, I don't think of them as an NCAA tournament win. You said it. Their, their best win is Syracuse. Uh, their best win all season, maybe Auburn. Like, maybe. I don't I don't know who's At the time, better. it was a great win. At the time, it, it was a great doesn't win. doesn't look as good now. Right. Like, I, I don't know where Auburn sits in these net rankings right now. Uh, Auburn is 17th. So that's their best win of the year. But their second best win of the year is Syracuse. And that's not going to get the job done. Uh, let's get to this question you asked on on uh, Twitter earlier today. You said uh, for Syracuse to make a run in the NCAA tournament, they need to do blank. So the biggest key, the biggest key is, is blank. blank and fill in the blank. And we've gotten some responses. Uh, we're going to talk about it today on Orange Nation Interactive. Myself, Mario Sacco on localswire.com, three o'clock every Wednesday. We do uh, you know a segment where we we answer you know viewers and, and listeners' questions. Um, so I threw that out there. We got various responses. Somebody talked about free throws. Uh, a, a bunch of people talked about offense and, and the three point line in particular when they shoot the ball well. Uh, they tend to have success. Um, I think the answer for me, and, and there's no right or wrong answer. I mean, there, there are so many X factors. You know, last year it felt like at times the X factor was Merrick Dolezal, right, in, in the yep. in the postseason. So it doesn't well, always, when, he, when he scored double figures, they won. Right. It doesn't always have to be the best player. When Merrick Dolezal was looking at the basket and giving the big three some help, Syracuse was a much better team. So there's not a right or wrong answer uh, to this question. Um, I, I think it comes down to defense, though, and that that, that may sound like the, the stock cliche answer, but but with this team, generally it does. And I pointed this out the other day. Um, it, it is a fact that in the NCAA tournament, Syracuse hasn't lost to a non-ACC team since since Dayton five years ago. That's incredible. Um, they have success in the tournament because teams have not seen the zone, and they tend to struggle. You look at last year. Arizona State scored 56 points. TCU scored 52 points. Michigan State scored 53 points, shot 26% from the field in that game. And even Duke was held to 69 points and under 40% shooting in that game. And, and Syracuse is a possession or two, a, you know, a bounce here or there away from going to the Elite Eight. Last year, they, they had so many deficiencies on offense, but they were so good on defense. And, and these are all the same guys back. So I get 
you know, with Frank Howard's injury and O'Shea Brissett, you know, he, he's been, you know, had his ups and downs throughout the season. So I get that offensively, maybe they're, they're you know, they still have some deficiencies. They have more options offensively. And, and defensively, if they can get back to doing what they did at the end of last year during that run, I, I you know, I think they can win some games. And so for me, it comes down to defense because you can't always control the ball going through the hoop. You can control your effort and getting out on shooters and finding the guys that can hurt you on the other team. And this this squad was so good at that last year. And they've had glimpses this year where they've been very good. But you look at the last two games in particular, the last two losses with Virginia and Clemson, um, they, they didn't do all that well in terms of finding the guys that can hurt you. Marquise Reed, yeah. you know, went for 20 plus Elijah points. Thomas. Elijah Thomas had a good game. You know, Kyle Guy, you know, Ty Jerome, and DeAndre, DeAndre Hunter all went off in that Virginia game. So they need to get back to finding and and slowing down the guys that can hurt you on the opposing team. And I think if they do that, they certainly have the ability to make a run. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And and this is going to make for a, a really boring, you know, d- debate over what the, the biggest key is. But I, I think it's the defense. And uh, the defensive intensity, for whatever reason, hasn't quite been there game in and game out. And they've had problems. They've lost people, like you said. They lost, uh, you know, Kyle Guy and Ty Jerome and DeAndre Hunter. Alex O'Connell got loose in the Dome and, and made Syracuse pay. There have been certain games where, where SU just hasn't found the guys that can hurt them the most. And so when you, you, know, when you look at what's going to ha- be the most important thing moving forward and what Syracuse is going to have to put... Uh, have to hang their hat on, it certainly seems like that's going to be this defense. And it's going to be, uh, you know, locking down and playing good, hard defense and, and quite frankly, confusing teams with what you do. Because most teams have no idea what's going on when they throw the zone at them. Uh, you know, I, I asked Adrian Autry about it, and we, we heard it just last segment. He thinks that's a, a huge benefit to them as they go and play teams out of their conference, as they get into the NCAA tournament, as you have you know two days to prepare for a game, as TCU and Arizona State uh, and, and Michigan State did, and you have two days to prepare for something that is so drastically different than anything you face over the course of the year, Syracuse has to be able to use that as a weapon. They've got to be able to go out there and uh, you know really have some good defense to not just be able to say, oh, well, they play a zone that's a little different. No, be active in the zone and make it a lot different, and and that's when you you're uh, you know performing to your best. And, and on the other end of the court, listen, you know, for for people who responded to offense or three point shooting, I mean, th- those are good answers because we've seen that you know this team certainly has more capability on offense than than last year's team did. And in terms of the three point shooting, when they make double digit threes, they're seven and one on the season. The one loss was to North Carolina, and that might have been their best offensive game of the year. They scored eighty five points and lost. They made fourteen threes. Syracuse shot the ball awfully well that night, uh, but Carolina killed him on the glass. So I, I think you can point to the rebounding numbers as well. You know, what happened in that Clemson game? Clemson demolished SU on the glass. North Carolina demolished SU on the glass. Even the Duke game, the final numbers were close, but Duke had some key offensive rebounds late that gave him some more possessions. You know, they won the rebounding battle by four. They had 14 offensive rebounds and again some just key second chances late in that game when it was when it was still, you know, relatively close. So I, I think that, you know, there are a lot of answers to this question. I think it comes down to defense. We know this team is more capable on offense. And they don't necessarily need to win the rebounding battle, but they have to be competitive on the glass because when they lose right. the rebounding battle by double digits, um, you know that tends to be a problem because you're giving the, the other team so many other second chances. Yeah, and you're not getting any second chances. You know, you're you're not getting any opportunities uh, to go ahead and, and make yourself better. So I think that um, yeah, the rebounding thing matters, and and 
Uh, one of the things that I, I find interesting about that is just inherently this team's not a good rebounding team. Like they, they just there there are things that they do and things that they don't do. Uh, and and one of the things that they just can't do is rebound. They they just can't do it. And um, you know for whatever reason they went big on Saturday and they still weren't good on the boards. You know they they put Dolajai and o, and and O'Shea Brissett, uh and Pascal Chukwu or Barama Sidibe on that back line and they still weren't good on the boards. Uh, it's it's just something that they're not good at. And so if they can just be 